0: What's up? We want to give thanks to all of our amazing sponsors. Piper Diamonds, your hometown jeweler. Bling, bling at PiperDiamondCo.com. TheCardenasLawGroup.com, your concierge level service, which is for all your personal injury needs. And Compton Broomhead Dental at MunsterDental.com. This is top level luxury dental care and Finley Volvo Cars of Las Vegas. Safety first since 1927. All right, Kelly Cardenas podcast, let's
1: go. <laughs> Welcome to the Kelly Cardinus podcast, where attitude is everything. On today's show, I'm going to be telling this guy in front of me not to look at the screen a hundred times. And I'm also going to tell him to just as Mike a bunch of times, too. This is the wisest man that I've ever met in my life. You guys know him, he's famous all over the world. And he goes by one word. He's really super nervous right now, too. And he's never nervous. He told me yesterday that, uh, you know, that uh, like he's never in his life been intimidated by anything because he, he, he relies on his relationship with the Lord. Although in front of a microphone or a camera, that's where he gets a little bit shy. So I'm going to, I'm going to step stair, step him through. And then we're, it's going to be like a, a a car warming up. Once it gets going guys, you're going to, your, your doors are going to be blown off. Your ears are going to be on fire. Your heart is going to be full. Your mind is going to be full. And I, I'm just so excited to be able to spend a little bit of time. We're probably, uh, we, I want to go for, we're going to try this. We want to go for a quick 25 minutes, but these 25 minutes are going to be the quickest in your entire life when you're listening. Um, if you have watched me on social media, if you've, uh, you know, touched me at all, you always hear me talk about my pops and, and the things that he, uh, the wisdom that he's given me, the, the life that he's breathed into me. And um, so it's, it's my honor and privilege to have on the show today, Pops. <laughs> okay. I have to surprise him because I, I surprised you walking over here. He's like, what is going on? And I put the headphones on and then you said, "Whoa, what is happening? And I wanted to talk to you because uh, there's so many people out there that um, for me, Uh, they, they asked me like, you know, uh, how, where, where do you get the, some of the things that you get? Um, where, where is your mindset? You know, things like that. And I say that there's two different, uh, scenarios that I got. I got dad early on in my life, which was the, uh, you know, military guy that that was like, you do it, you do it now. And then I get pops and pops is this wise, you know, wants to make sure and love everybody and, uh, find out where everyone's at. And dad was a little bit different. So let's talk about dad first, and then we'll go into pops. So dad first, the, the, you know, the, that discipline, you know, that you had the uncommon discipline that you had, where did that come from?
0: I guess just, uh, uh, being around my dad and, and uh, just uh, was just driven from the very beginning of my entire life I, I didn't know what it was but I always had something inside of me that was uh, that was burning uh, burning inside of me and I didn't know what it was and uh, so I just uh, never never had any goals never had any uh, I, I just didn't know where I was going. I just knew that I had to keep going straight ahead. I mean, I just, uh, I, as far as failures, you know, people talk about failures. I don't think I ever had a failure. I never looked at it as failures. It was just, I just had to, I didn't have time to look at it that way. I had to keep my eyes on, on where I was headed and I didn't know where I was headed, but I knew I had to keep going.
1: Well, there's an amazing man that I always hear about and I never got a chance to meet. Uh, I believe he was, uh, was, uh, was your pop 44? Uh, he was 44 when he passed away. I never got a chance to meet him. I'm 45 right now. So I think about that. I mean, he was a young dude, really, really young guy. The the first time I ever saw a picture of him, it freaked me out because I thought I was looking at a picture of myself. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk about, I mean, he was a, he was a mountain of a man mm-hmm. and let's talk about him because hearing the stories of him and some of the things that he did, listeners right now, um, if you don't want to... Uh, <laughs> um, if you want to have excuses in your life, then please shut the podcast off right now. Because once you hear the stories of what this guy went through and the mentality that he had and the resilience, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about your dad. First of all, tell tell us his name. Uh, Flovelto.
0: Yes. Uh, Cardenas, uh, and uh, everybody called him Bob because they didn't know uh, that was back in the day when it wasn't <laughs> so cool being a Mexican. Okay. All right. Now we got Taco Bell's on every corner, so it's okay being a Mexican. Okay. <laughs> But uh, it was uh, uh, really different, and uh, my dad was really a quiet person, but he was very focused, Uh and uh, he married my mom, and she had two children at the time uh, uh, that weren't his, and uh, he uh, raised them and then had uh, the uh, other uh, seven children. No, uh, there was eight of us, so uh, the other six children. Uh, And uh, he got up every morning, and he uh, ran five miles. And that was before he had uh, uh, running tennis shoes and stuff, okay? So uh, we're talking about work boots and even in the snow. Then he'd get back home, and then uh, uh, he just uh, – I don't think that him and my mom ever understood or anybody told him that there was a such thing as quit or uh, uh, stop. They just uh, – no matter what hit them, I mean, no matter – I mean, they uh, went through uh, – um, uh, it didn't matter I mean uh, they had their kids and they had to make sure that everything was taken care of and no matter what hit them they just uh, uh, they they would argue fight or whatever and drink and get in, in arguments and stuff like that but when uh, Monday morning come I mean everybody got to go to work and they got to take care of business and they uh, they they're just resilient because they had to take care of their family and it wasn't ever there's was never any quit in them whatsoever mm-hmm. and uh, I remember one time my dad uh, had an old 58 uh, uh, Dodge station wagon, and uh, he got out of work, and he would leave work, and then he'd go to out to a, a ranch and, uh, and do uh, a second shift because he had to work uh, two, sometimes three jobs at a time. And uh, so anyway, he gets halfway uh, going to uh, his second job, and uh, the drive went out in his car in that station wagon. So he just turned around, put it in reverse, and drove it all the way there, and then he had to drive it 18 miles back home in reverse okay so uh, but he didn't have the option i mean it wasn't like i'm gonna quit because i mean he's got to keep going because he's got to i mean uh he had to pay the bills and you know it wasn't a a a situation where uh people you know like we didn't have a television we had one yeah (laughs) we had one but it would never work and it was never hooked up so but at least we had one and uh then we had a toilet in our house and i don't know what happened i think the uh they, uh, something happened with the plumbing, and so anyway, so um, we didn't have the money to fix the toilet, so then uh, we built a, an outhouse, so uh, that's where we would do our stuff, and uh, so uh, just, uh, and then we would have to chop wood, and, and uh, everybody else would get coal in at that time, and uh, we couldn't buy the coal, so we went up in the mountains and chopped topped the wood and saw and stuff and used to spend a lot of time with my dad and I used to sit and listen to him and he used to talk about business and talk about business and talk about business maybe one day we could you know do this or we could buy that so he was like kind of a dreamer uh-huh. and uh, so he talked about business and little did I know that uh, he was planting some seeds in me and so that's you know I got that mindset in my head as a little kid because uh, he was always talking about business and uh so that's a little bit about him my mom was uh
1: uh uh <laughs> 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 grandma let's, let's paint the picture guys if you're listening out there uh f- probably i would say probably uh two foot tall i'm just joking um but this woman could whoop anybody um she she had so much fire in her and fire as far as like the passion and love for her family and to be able to see what she was able to do with with all of us and she made the best tortillas bar none out of anyone on the planet am i correct on this oh, spot yeah oh yeah, yeah these tortillas the we're the food, on another the level
0: food was the food was amazing
1: well let's talk about your mom's spirit too because i mean you're you know you got uh, was a five six six kids yeah right so six, six kids seven, she's eight. okay so tell us about where you guys are living at this time because i think a lot of times I, I paint the picture or i tell people i tell guests of mine that i've had and i try and explain Ofer, but until you've been to Ofer, um i don't think you could really understand what this is
0: yeah Oprah was right up in the mountains uh, we uh, step out our back door and you look as far, far as you could see up uh probably uh, it, uh, the mountains would be probably I'd say maybe 50 or 75 feet uh, from the back door and then you look straight up and it was cliffs all the way up mm-hmm. you couldn't see the top of them and uh, so then we had garden places we had to raise our you know we raised our own uh, vegetables we worked at, uh, at uh, different ranches and and they would give us vegetables and we had a, a root cellar where uh, they would give us vegetables in the summer, and then we would dig uh, uh, dig in our root cellar, which is underneath our house, and bury the uh, vegetables, so then that way in the winter, then we could go down there and dig them up, and, you know, so we'd have fresh vegetables, uh, and my mom would put together, would uh, we would uh, go and pick fruit, apples, oranges, uh, cherries, and all of that stuff, and then she would bring some of that stuff home, and she would, uh, ju- you know, make jelly, and and all of that stuff, and uh, so it wasn't an option. It was just, it was just what they did. You know, it was just not. Uh, we had we had electricity in our house, but mostly it was uh, uh, candles, and and because uh, we would have it for a while, and then they'd turn it off for however long, and then, you know, because we just didn't have that money to to uh, to do it, and you know, and it was just, it wasn't like a, like it was a bad thing. It was just, it was just what we did. And, uh, so, uh, my mom was, uh, never once, uh, uh she always washed our clothes. And sometimes, uh, uh, we're talking about the old, uh,
1: washboard thing. Okay. But hold on for a second, pop. Tell the listeners right now, how old you are right now. I am right now. Yeah. How old are you right now? 67. 67. He's a young man. And when I say that, the reason why I want to give context to this, because a lot of the things that you're talking about, we're talking a little house on the prairie right now that you're painting a picture of, but this is not a a guy who was born in in the 19, like in in early 1900s. This is a very young man and there was technology going on all around you, but you were, you guys were up in the mountains. This wasn't at a time when there, you know, uh, there wasn't electricity or there wasn't these things. It just, you know, you, your, your attitude about them in all things things. Like, I just think that it's so incredible that your outlook has always been so positive on it. So continue on. But I want to give them I want to give the listeners some context, because at 67 years old, there's a lot of people out there that are 67 years old. And when I tell them that, you know, the the conditions that you grew up in, not trying to paint a bad picture of it, but really the reality mm-hmm. of it, a lot of times they can't connect with it. They don't they don't realize that.
0: Well, and the people all around us, I mean, everybody had electricity, everybody had toilets inside and- you know our all our neighbors and you know they had two or three cars and we had one car and and uh, you know sometimes it wouldn't work and so <laughs> i learned to be i uh um there, we, uh, there was a mechanic that lived next to us and as a little kid i didn't uh i didn't uh, get into sports i didn't get i never have uh liked uh competition and i never co- competed with anybody or anything in my life and i just uh i didn't like sports and and uh so i'd go over there and start uh 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 working on you know uh helping the mechanic over there and oh i was going to go back to another thing my mom uh used to wash our clothes on a you know sometimes in a in a, a metal uh a bathtub thing and then you know with a washboard and then she'd hang them out and and sometimes it's winter time and you know it would freeze then we'd have to bring the furniture bring it in and you know bring your clothes in, and and uh, de- uh, defrost it in the house you know what I mean and uh, but my mom would never let us be outside even as children I don't even re- ever recall going outside that she didn't iron her clothes she used to make her clothes I mean and even and she would get pissed at me because I would uh, go over and work <laughs> in a mechanic shop <laughs> 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 but, but I but I learned how to I learned how to turn wrenches and I learned how to have a lot of fun doing that and so when our vehicles broke down then I would be able to help. You know, to uh, do stuff like that because my dad didn't know any of that stuff. He was just, uh, but uh, it was just, it it, 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 there just wasn't a lot of options. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's just whatever was thrown at us, and you know, it was just uh, you just did what you needed to do and made it happen. You know, and and uh, and so uh, and like I don't think my mom and dad ever understood what quit was. Uh, what uh, quit? I don't think they even understood that. I don't even think it was in their mentality. Uh-huh. quit because, I mean, they didn't have that, they didn't even think about it. I never heard it. You know, it's just, uh, and so my dad told stories, like I said, about business and business and business. And so I guess, uh, and then one day I got it uh, crosswired in my head that, uh, you know, I got pissed because I get in uh, junior high and everybody's talking about cartoons and eating Twinkies and cupcakes and having televisions and indoor toilets and Then I'm like, damn, I'm getting, you know, I got robbed here. What's going on here? And I got it wired up in my head that, uh, uh, you know, I'm being robbed here. So I decided to run away from home and, like, I'm going to really run away. So back in the day, and so I did, and and, uh, then uh, it just, uh, that's what kind of, it really hurt my parents a lot because,
1: uh, uh, I don't know, Just a lot of things uh, really changed in in my family at that point. So uh, one of my favorite one of my favorite stories uh, that you've told me, and you you always call me boy. So like when we're talking, and you guys are going to hear the shift here as you go, because like even talking to you now, and as you talk about it, like you're you're letting me know about the foundation of dad, like who dad is, right? And I remember like dad, one of my favorite dad stories, and I don't even know if I've ever told you this, is you you would call me boy all the time. You would be like, hey, boy, go do this. Hey, boy, go do that. And I remember you saying, because I would ask you about growing up and like getting in altercations or whatever it was. And you always looked at altercations as so simple. It wasn't like I was going to fight you um, or you were going to fight them. It was just like, <laughs> you know, you were going to make a decision. Like there was, you know, one person going to walk away from this going to be okay and the other person wasn't going to be and you made that decision. But probably one of my favorite stories is that, and I said, how like the mentality of it, and you said that, you know, I used to chop wood. I used to do the all these man things, and so when a kid would come up against me, you know, I had already been doing all these things of a man, and so you as a kid in front of me, there's no challenge here. There's nothing there. Can you speak, can you
0: speak to that? Well, yeah, they've been sitting in front of televisions watching cartoons and stuff, and I'm out chopping wood and hauling, <laughs> hay, hauling hay and uh, driving tractors, and, you know, it was like uh, they were like mosquitoes. I mean, I just like blast them. I'm just like, dude, there's what's going on, and so I got into eighth grade and and uh, uh, I I was angry. I was an angry kid because I thought I'd been robbed because I didn't have all the stuff and things. And
1: when did that? So eighth grade, you was eighth grade the corner that you turned that you saw the Twinkies and you saw the stuff and said seventh and eighth, seventh and eighth that you got a little mad, right? You got a little angry.
0: Um, and I was real angry. I was real angry, and then. And like I said, that was back when it wasn't being cool. It wasn't cool being Mexican at the time. Where was
1: this at? Where, we said Ofer in this little town. Okay. But help us too with the setting of this. Where is this at? In Tooele, Utah. Okay, in yeah. Utah, little yeah. town. Yeah. Tooele is small, but then you take Ophir. And how many people were in Ophir? Uh, probably peak at
0: uh, maybe 40 people <laughs> at peak. And, I mean, that's but if you count the cats and the dogs, too. So I don't know. I'm just kidding. But not a whole lot of people. It was uh, a mining town. It was uh, kind of uh, coming down. How many
1: Mexicans out of those 40, how many Mexicans were there? Uh, us we were the ones so they were <laughs> you were the one <laughs> <laughs> explain to us when you were in utah like uh, cuz uh, I, don't, I don't think some people understand this part we live in a melting pot now we're in california you live in vegas you know people are people you went to the military all these things talk to us a little bit about that 8th grade time being a little bit angry, feeling like you got robbed, and then tell, tell us about how you were feeling as or made to feel at times being Mexican in a place where Mexican was not that cool.
0: Yeah, well, sometimes we'd go, you know, and, and the kids that we played around uh, played at people's houses and stuff, and, you know, as a little kid and stuff, and then they uh, we wouldn't be allowed in their house. Like, dang, wow, Why? You it's, would have to stand outside their house, so you guys all would be playing, and they would say, "You can't to go come in, in the house." And then we're not, you know, uh, uh, we're busy now. And I'm like, "Okay, all right." And so I don't know. Maybe it was just psychologically in our head. And my mom and dad. My mom was really, you know, she didn't want to. Uh, 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 she was just very careful about what okay. we did and said. You know what I mean? Because she she was very polite to everybody when she wasn't. Uh, when she didn't have a couple beers in her, get a couple beers in her, then, then you know uh, everybody's game at that point, okay. And she would uh, speak her mind, but other than that, but uh, she was a very uh, politically correct person, and she taught us to be very correct. Mm-hmm. And my dad was very, very. Uh, we were very respectful. Uh, there's not a there's not a time uh, I know uh, the kids. You know, if I walked up and I said, "Hey, Kelly." You know, Uh -uh. and uh, I wouldn't have, uh, you know, I wouldn't have ivory in my mouth right now because he'd just take you out. So talk to us,
1: talk to us about this, because this has been, uh, you know, and this, this may be a division point to some of the listeners, things like that. Um, I I call it a little old school, but the way that you raised me, like even the kids in my neighborhood, they come up and they'll go to say my first name and, and I I let them know right off the bat, it's either Mr. C, Mr. Kelly, there is no, and with my kids, it's the exact same way. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't believe in this, but I got that from you and I didn't know why Mm -hmm. I just knew that I just didn't do it. Help us to understand why that is so important and why that was so important in your family. I didn't realize how,
0: I didn't realize how important that is and how critical it is uh, until, you know, my dad always used to tell me, la familia, todo, porque si no es de la familia, no es de nada. It's all about the family. And if it's not about the family, it's about nothing in life. And I just thought, you know, my dad would
1: say it over and over and again. I'm like, what in the world is up with my dad? You know, why did you keep saying that? So you had a dad similar to me then? because you have sayings that when I was growing up, I was like, dude, you keep saying the same thing, but your pop was, yeah. was that. Yeah. And, but the thing is, is
0: he was re- very, very respectful. Everybody loved him until he, you know, he'd drink some wine and if he'd drink some wine <laughs> and then he'd clean house, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, <laughs> and he, you know, the neighbors would, uh, uh, just scatter when they seen him. They didn't know whether he had some wine or he's, uh, you know, they respected him, but he was very respectful. And, uh, the thing is, is, but he was, you know, both him and my mom was, uh, uh, commanded and demanded respect. Okay. Uh, because you don't call somebody by their first name and, uh, you haven't earned the right number one to, uh, to do that. And the thing is, is, uh, I had no earthly idea as, uh, as I grew older and I began uh, to, uh, uh, you know, step out and I went in the military and, and, uh, And then uh, then I got out and and all of these different things. Then I came to realize just how important that one word uh, in life is and and people have lost it. And um, and that one word is respect, uh, because that's a foundational word for anything you set out to build in life and in business is that one word? That's a foundation. Because without respect, when you get people respecting their tools, their equipment, the property they're on, respecting one another, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, then you get people respecting themselves, you got some pretty phenomenal things. That's when you sit out, then you can do some pretty amazing things. And so there, there's just so many things that my dad and my mom, because uh, I thought, you know, oh, I've been robbed and all of this stuff. But as I look back, it's, it was just like they just set me up for... Uh, Where I'm at and what I'm doing right now, and Mm -hmm. it's just, it's crazy because um, it was just so simple, and and, uh, uh, my mom and dad uh, went, didn't go to school, and they didn't have those opportunities,
1: and uh, so... So when you got uh, eighth grade, you you started to kind of be angry a little bit. Let's go into high school. So you go Ooh. into high school, okay? So he if you're not watching this right now, you're just listening to it. My dad is breathing heavy right now. If he doesn't <laughs> sound like Darth Vader in the in the in the, <laughs> the microphone, he's breathing because I just asked him a question. I did not prep him for this because I knew if I prepped you for this, we wouldn't get the. I mean, it would be like, oh my god, what am I supposed to say? Well, I wanted to have this conversation because I get to have these conversations all the time with you. I get a chance to be able to do this and so many people like they get a chance to be around you for like 10 minutes and they're like oh my gosh it's pops it's pops like they're so but I want them to be able to have you so you're breathing hard still let's go to high school okay I remember I remember the first
0: day I went to high school and my brother's a year older than me and I uh Uncle
1: Lou shout out
0: (laughs) (laughs) so I get to high school and I was walking into the gym I had gym uh class and some guy bumped into me, and I just slammed him up against the wall. You know what I mean? And and uh, so, anyway, we got in a little scuffle, and then he said, you know, he says, after school or whatever. I said, whatever. So and then my brother comes running up to me a little later on. Hey, you know, what are you doing? Why You shouldn't have done that. This kid is like, uh, I don't care who he is. So anyway, then I get out, uh, met him after school, and, and uh, then I had to, you know, school him, you know, and uh, um, I just uh, – you know, if I, if you didn't agree with me, we're not gonna have a conversation. I'm just gonna take you out. Just uh, I'm like I'm. We're not gonna fight. Uh, just I'm just gonna punch you, take you out, and you know we'll have conversation while you're on the ground. I'm not gonna <laughs> sit there and sit there and, and play uh, boxing with you. Forget that's nonsense. Because I don't like I don't like to get hit. So I just you know it didn't matter. You know, so
1: how did that set the tone for you in high school? So that pretty much, I mean, that's your first day of school. You go after this kid who's really popular. Right. You, do, you do that. Does that add to your popularity and everyone starts liking uh, Tom, Tommy Cardenas at the time? Or, no, no,
0: Okay. And then, and then they tell us not to go down this certain hall because uh, you're not supposed to go down that hall. And Why? They, uh, because uh, certain people hung out there. And Who's the certain people? Uh, certain people that, you know, that it was... Why fit, weren't you allowed to go down that road? Because uh, I was uh, not... The, I didn't fit
1: that, their frame of mind. What okay. was the frame of mind? A uh, cowboy, or okay. whatever. You know, whatever. <laughs> and what were you at this time that you weren't allowed to walk down there? I'm a Mexican man. Okay, <laughs> that's what I was trying to get to right there. Is for him to say it, and it's funny because again, people don't realize this stuff, right? So, okay, so you're, there's there's hallways, things like that. How does this, uh, like, how does this set the tone for the rest of high school for you?
0: Well, they tell me not to go down it. Well, I'm going down it.
1: I'm going down it, <laughs> and I went down it, and
0: I, you know, like I had to just uh, do what I needed to do, and then it sets the pace and, and sets the tone, and and um, I just, uh, I don't know, I'm just, and then I, I, I get to high school, and I'm just like, uh, I couldn't make any sense out what the heck, what the hell are these people doing? I mean, why, what, what I, what do I need this stuff for? I uh-huh. couldn't make any sense out of why why am I in school? It wasn't making any sense to me. And then the teachers were, you know, were like, they were cool, I guess, doing their thing, but it it wasn't my thing. Yeah. And I couldn't make sense why I was there because it wasn't making me no money. Okay. I couldn't, you know, so...
1: Because the way that you were raised with your pop, you know, you guys were working during the summer, you guys were chopping wood, you were, you were picking fruit at times too, mm-hmm. you were doing these things, you get into school. So when do you leave school? When do you make the conscious decision to leave school? Because you dropped out of high school too, right? No, I didn't drop out. I got a call, I was in <laughs> uh, a couple of months before I
0: was supposed to graduate which I couldn't graduate anyway. It was, it was just like everybody else could graduate. I got, I got all of them, whatever them little credits are, or whatever they're doing, all that crazy crap. but Crazy stuff, I'm sorry. But anyway, uh, um, I just uh, the vice principal called me into his office, and he just said, I think it's best for you and the school if you leave. And I said, okay, cool. So I just left school. What would you do at this point? Uh, then just, uh, started, uh, putting parties together for everybody, you know, cause they were getting ready to, you know, we're a couple of months out from, uh, uh, graduating and you know, people liked to party. So
1: we were, you know, I'd put parties together and, Kay. you know,
0: we were like, were um, you making some
1: money during that time? Make us put some parties together. Uh, or are you just having a good time? Just having a good time. Okay. I was
0: just like, I don't know.
1: You started flipping cars too. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. When, when were you flipping cars? when did you start flipping cars in the first place?
0: Oh, wow. 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 That was, uh. I don't I don't know that just always was a part of what I did I was just okay. cuz I knew cars I loved cars and I you know and uh, buying them selling them and and fixing them up and uh,
1: so so at 16 right mm-hmm. at 16 uh someone who saves your life comes into your life you're 16 years old mom is 13 at the time mm-hmm. for those about you out there listening if you have a 13 year old daughter keep them away from uh, uh guys like tom cardenas uh so i'm just joking with <laughs> you. no but if my daughter came home at 13 years old was like yo i got a 16 year old boyfriend why Boy, there no way that boy would be in a river somewhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about your opening line to mom on your first date when you show up to the door. Okay, and what are you wearing at the time? Oh, man, I'm wearing... Prob- I don't, I'm not really... Some checkerboard pants, mom told me. Okay. So some checkerboard, <laughs> ugly pants, and you knock at the door. Her mom answers, what do you say? Zip-zap,
0: and I'm here, and anyway, I...
1: <laughs> No, it was zip-zap. How are you? <laughs> Where did you get this line? I don't know. I just, I was just being cool. Did you, did you you commit to zip zap? Like zip zap, how are you? Like, did you, (laughs) did you commit to it or were you kind of like, I, should I say this? No. You seem like a committed guy to me all the time. So you were in. Yeah. And when you said that line before you got out of the car, were you thinking like, this is going to really get her, this is going to solidify everything.
0: I never thought, you know, I've really never thought about anything that I do.
1: (laughs) No, seriously, (laughs) I never really thought about it. I mean, it was just like,
0: just up, boom, boom. And then uh, uh, I I pick up my uh, girlfriend and my girlfriend, my friend. Her
1: mom answers the door though, right? Her mom answers the door. She's behind her mom. Right. And she's 13. You're 16. You're driving a car. Yeah, and it's a like a, a, a cool, Volkswagen, cool car.
0: Volkswagen is bad. It was the baddest. It, it 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 was it was really bad.
1: Okay, so that's the first sign. That no, mm-hmm. the, the second sign because the first sign was no. There's a third sign. The first sign is your pants. I wouldn't have let my daughter out the house. Second is the sign the the the, the, <laughs> the line that you did zip zap. <laughs> I would have been like, nah, this this ain't happening. And then I look out at your cool car, and there is no way my daughter's going with you. Okay, so keep keep going. So then we take off and
0: we uh, go down and we park at the Dairy Queen uh, or or whatever it was, uh, where you get, uh, Cokes and stuff. And I, t- uh, told, um, my girlfriend I, or the girl that I was with, I told her, you know, I would buy you a Coke, but I only got a dime and I want one. <laughs> you know <what> I mean,
1: <laughs> that's no, game. That's <laughs> game. Recognize it, everybody out there, did you guys hit, say that again, say that scenario, but say it a little bit slower. Cause for our listeners, you gotta, okay, hold on. Let's have a moment of silence here. Now tell us that story again, but say it a little slower. So they get it.
0: No, I told her, you know, I would buy you a Coke. But I only got a dime, and I want one. <laughs> and she stayed. She stayed. That is, that's game, Pop. So we sit, sit around, and, and uh, then um, after, you know, we watched cars go by and stuff, then I took her back home because she had to be at home at a certain time. And then so I pull up in the driveway, and uh, she says, you are walking me to the door, and I'm like, Uh, I mean, the door's right there. Like, I mean, what's up, you know? So, yeah, well, of course I'm going to do that. Okay. Like, I don't know. Like, why do I need to walk you to the door? But anyway, then I told her before she got out of the car, I said, you may think I'm crazy, but uh, I think I love you. I think I'm going to marry you. And she looked at me like, huh? She says, yeah, I think you are crazy. And so I walked her to the door and uh, uh, 49 years later and 46 years married. uh, Bam.
1: That's game. That's game. Okay. So take me to the military because you're, we, 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 um, I love how I said, did you drop out of high school? You're like, no, I was just about to graduate. And they called me and told me (laughs) that I shouldn't come back. And I agreed with them. So you, you start doing parties and then let's go to the military. You jump, you go into the military, right? Mm -hmm. So from that point, um, why is that? Why did you want to do it? And what was the,
0: Ah, oh, because I uh, <laughs> I was sitting out in front of the high school, and uh, they it was final draft. They were drafting. Uh, it, it was uh, the very last of the uh, draft numbers that for I for Vietnam. Yeah, uh, going into the military, okay. you getting yeah, drafted. Yeah. Okay. and uh, I was sitting out in front of the high school. And, you know, they were calling the numbers, you know, they called the numbers out on the radio, you okay. know, and they said, uh, number one draft pick is uh, number uh, six, March. And I'm like, yes, yes, because I'm March 7th. OK, all right. I'm clean. Right. And number two, March 7th. I'm like, oh, shoot, that's me. And so me and my friend decided to uh, uh, we, you know, we're going to go in the army. Right. Uh-huh. Or we're going to uh, the military is going to take us into the service. I'm like, oh, shoot. So we went in the Air Force and, and talked to the guy, and, and uh, you know, he said, uh, you know, we signed up the papers and did all of that stuff. And so anyway, um, uh, when we signed up our stuff on uh, Thursday, and we partied uh, Thursday night until way we end of the uh, next morning. And uh, when I woke up in the morning, it came over the television, the draft's been abolished. And I'm, like, looking at the thing, like, huh? So I called up the recruiter, and I said, dude, uh, tear up them papers. I ain't going to no military. And he said, well, sir, uh, Mr. Cardenas, you have a choice. You can either show up or you go to jail. It's up to you. I'm like, damn. I guess I am going to go to the military. Freaked me out. So that's how I got in the military.
1: That's crazy. So, <clears throat> when you get in the military, you you have the same kind of thought process from when you're growing up. It's just like this is something to do. I got a goal. I I I, I laser focus. I set it on something, and I just move towards it. Right. So you work in the safety. Uh, you work in in safety at the time in uh, in no, military. No. No, I, when
0: I first went in the military, when I got uh, signed up, the guy says, so what do you want to do? And I said, I don't want to work on computers. I don't want to have anything to do with computers. I want to work outside. And he says, okay, i got a great job for you. How about working, as a, uh, working in munitions? I'm like, okay, whatever. And so I get to uh, the tech school, and I walk in this room, and there's bombs in the room. I'm like, huh? It scared the crap out of me. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. No, I can't. No, I'm not. That's crazy You're around bombs. And so uh, um, it just really dialed my head in to like, you know, you're, you're working in, around bombs and missiles and all of this stuff. And I'm like, my head was in. I'm all, I'm all in. I want to know everything about these things. I don't want to, uh, you know, it just
1: scared the crap out of me. So this little kid from Over town of 40, uh, 40. Forty, not forty thousand. Forty <laughs> ends up <laughs> dealing with bombs. I don't know that I would have let you deal with bombs, um, but you get to that, and then let's talk about that next stage because then NASA, there's a, uh, there is a, an opportunity let's say and that opportunity you go at it the exact same way that you go at everything that i've ever seen you in my life pop that you go in and there's not really an option like this is what i'm going to do
0: well it was pretty crazy because i i did the munition stuff and then i had an opportunity to uh 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 you know one day a guy come up to me and he says hey tom there's a brand new uh opening and and it's in safety and uh uh did you uh, interview for it? And I'm like, interview for what? I mean, what is it? Is it a good thing? And he said, well, yeah, everybody wants it. And like, it's great. I'm like, okay. And so he says, well, they're going to select somebody tomorrow. And so I said, all right. So I just went up and I went and seen the commander and I just said, hey, listen, I understand there's an opening for uh, safety. And and, uh, he says, do you want it? And I said, well, yeah. He said, okay, you got it. And so I went back and I just told everybody uh, well I'm going to be the safety guy and they were like wait a minute they're gonna announce it tomorrow and I'm like whatever but'm I'm, I'm the guy going and so it just blew everybody away I'm what like, year
1: was this uh, 1976 so 1976 uh, that, that you went or that you got that and then you started moving towards it you go and for those of you listening to if you're if you watch the uh, The Challenger recently on Netflix it's a, a four or six part documentary series um, Pops, you were one of seven people that headed up the shuttle, shuttle program. How old were you at this time? Uh, that was 1976.
0: So I was uh, born in 50, uh, 53. So, Okay. You, you're good with numbers. <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, I'm working. I'm working. I just uh, have uh, stepped off into safety again because I went back into munitions, and then uh, I stepped back into safety when I got back to the States. And my next-door neighbor, he worked in uh, personnel. And uh, one day he calls me up. He says, Tom, you need to come to uh, uh, personnel, he says, because there's a special duty assignment. I said, well, what is it? And he says, uh, it's, it's awesome, man. You need, you need to come and uh, uh, I'll, I'll get you paperwork. I says, is it good? And he said, yeah. I said, all right, whatever. So I got there and I said, so what is it? And he says, go to work on the space shuttle. I says, is that, is that good or what? And he said, well, yeah. And I said, all right, cool. So I, uh, I, he gave me the paperwork, and I walked in, and I uh, talked to my boss. I just said, hey, uh, 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 Colonel, I said, uh, you need to get somebody to come and take my job because uh, I'm leaving. And he said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to go work on a space shuttle. And he said, get out of here. Get back to work. And I'm like, whatever. So I went back in my office, and I'm doing my, doing my thing. And then he come back a, about an hour later, and he come in, and he says, Tom, were you really serious about going to work on a space shuttle? I said, yeah, I'm out of here. And he said, uh, okay, well, I'll, you know, it, it, so he got me a whole bunch of stuff and, and got my uh, uh, endorsements, uh, uh, general endorsements and all of that stuff. And because I was out, I'm gone. I don't, I don't, I don't even know what it, what it, what's going on. So I happened to be in tech school uh, in Denver, Colorado, and a phone call came into the uh, tech school, and uh, the guy knocked on the door, it says, uh, We got a, a phone call for uh, uh, Tom Cardenas, and uh, it's from NASA. And uh, uh, I went there, and the guy's telling me all this stuff. And I'm like, Okay, whatever can hold it, hold on a minute. Uh, can you repeat this to this guy? Because I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about. So anyway, he tells me i was so- selected to go to the space shuttle program. So I walk back into the uh, uh, school, and and uh, the instructor said, hey, uh, Tom just got selected to go to work on a space shuttle. And uh, he's going to go to work for NASA on the space shuttle. And uh, the guy, my friend, sitting right next to me, he says, well, so uh, what does NASA stand for? I says, I don't know. They'll let me know when I get there. You know, because I really seriously didn't know because I thought they did all that stuff in, uh, you know, that uh, space stuff was staged in
1: the desert. And, you know, I thought
0: it was just a joke or whatever, you know, so like.
1: That's well, coming from, I mean, coming from over that way. So, uh, those of you who are, are listening to this is cool because this is, this is, uh, we're, we're going to do this in two parts pop because now people are able to understand who dad is leading up to this. The cool thing is, is the NASA time is really when my, I mean, right before the NASA stuff, but right in that kind of wheelhouse is when my memory starts to happen. Right. And so we go into another realm. Um, so, for our listeners, as we, uh, as we uh, end today, um, you always talk about, and I think it was a great segue because you said NASA. What does NASA stand for? You're like, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're going to tell me when I get there. You always talk about being the dumbest person in the room. Can you tell us what that means to you and why that's so important and why it's so important in business, in life, and every single thing that you do?
0: Well, that's been my goal all, everywhere I go because uh, dumb people ask questions. And people love dumb people. People hate wise guys, okay? And the thing is, is, uh, you know, when you ask a lot of questions, then the thing is, is it draws people out. It draws a good out in them. It draws a bad out in them. And then I know how to deal with them. It's just real simple. And so, and then when, you know, people, you know, they say, oh, this guy's really dumb, really dumb. He's acting really dumb. And, you know, dumb people will help you, you know what I mean? uh, Because people don't care about what you know. People care about how much you care. And, you know, people just love me because they they think I'm really dumb. So they want to keep me around because they know that I care, okay? (laughs) They'll do anything I ask them to do because they know that I care. And so it's, and I'm cool with that because they just help me to, you know, they uh, connect with me. It's a connection
1: point. Well, you guys see why I love to spend so much time with this, this man, we're going to get part two. And that part two is going to be, uh, on into NASA. And then the, uh, as, as dad starts to get purged and pop starts to come into play and which is going to be amazing. So make sure that you tune in, uh, drop some comments, uh, subscribe, click all the links and pops. I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast. I want to thank every one of you out there for listening, but pop seriously, like the amount of time that I get to spend with you is absolutely tremendous and you are incredible. (laughs) Thanks.
0: I got blindsided today. Damn.
1: (laughs) You're off the hot seat, brother.